one. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Sam Says, a podcast from the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, or I'm HIP for short. My name is DeRondo Beverly with the Gemini Group, and as always, I am joined by the Sam in Sam Says, Samantha Oltz-Fry, the Executive Director of I'm HIP. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing incredibly well. How are you, Durando? I am doing well. We always start by talking about the weather and our plans. We are now transitioning, I think, officially into fall. What are you looking forward to or what's going on? I am looking forward to our schedule, lightening up a bit. Lincoln's back in school. And I love uh, fall weather, so I'm, I'm just pretty excited. What about you? Fall weather is my favorite. Everyone watches football. I don't. So while they watch football, I head to the golf course. It is beautiful for everyone. Absolutely. Yes. Today we have a very special guest in the Sam Says Studios. We are joined by Colonel Damon Arnold, the Medical Director of Quality Improvement for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Colonel Arnold, welcome to Sam Says. Oh, thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. We are pleased to have you. Before we begin, can you just give listeners a sense of your background and your experience before we jump into it? Okay, sure. I, I was in the military, retired now <laughs> for 26 years. Uh, I was a colonel and I was in charge of the uh, medical operations for the uh, Army and Air Guard uh, for the state of Illinois. Uh, and then worked as a director for the Illinois Department of Public Health uh, for four years, uh, which time we passed Smoke Free Illinois, uh, multiple plans. Uh, and then uh, my background in medicine is uh, with internal medicine and occupational medicine. I did two residencies, uh, Masters of Public Health and a Masters of Arts in Homeland Security. And I want to dive in, Dr. Arnold, Colonel Arnold, uh, to talk about sort of why you're here today and, and the discussion about how oftentimes, especially when we're thinking of maternal and child health care decisions, how those um, decisions are often being made in complex circumstances and how that ties into your experience um, in the military and then also as a clinician. Yes, you know, one of the things that I worked with is it's called Canavan theory, but it talks about uh, domains. You have five domains. Uh, we all start out in disorder. And then you can go to a simple domain where you can actually have best practices arise. You can go into a complicated domain where you have uh, the, you know, the, the uh, good practices that uh, require cooperation between people. But then when you get into the complex domain, you have to have emergent practices that heavily rely on collaboration between the participants in that process. Uh, if you go to a chaotic domain, then uh, you're just on your own. We're looking for novel practices, you know, act first and get out. Right. So in the complex domain with respect to maternal child health, uh, there are many things that are actually um, in operation right now. First, medical practices have changed over time because the technology has changed. We have now NICU admissions and those kinds of things. Back in 1970, the uh, C-section rate, for example, was about 5%. Now it's about 34.6% nationally. Here in Illinois, it's running about 30%. Uh, that C-section rate actually uh, is due to several things. It's not just uh, that we increase the number of C-sections that are being performed, but in the background, we also have a changing health uh, circumstance with the population itself. So we're seeing more um, of obesity with type 2 diabetes, and actually earlier in life uh, than previously. So uh, even young teens who are getting pregnant 
um, have a higher incidence of diabetes and high blood pressure, which we didn't see before. And those uh, complicate the uh, needs or the uh, direction that providers take in providing care to those uh, members. Right, and, and so their um, complex healthcare situations mm -hmm. um, tie into the care they're receiving um, at, at birth or in both prenatal and postnatal care, um, changing the environment from which it was perhaps in the 70s to one that is um, just far more nuanced and requires that collaboration rather than uh, just a checklist. Correct, correct. And it's like so that that type of uh, that type of approach is now in a complex environment. So uh, I remember one of the uh, gurus used to say, you know, m many people have three pieces of a puzzle and then they think that they have the complete picture already. <laughs> right. So so it's really, it takes collaboration, working with your partners, um, working between the insurance industry and the providers and uh, organizations <laughs> like the Association, you know, um, of Medicare, uh, Medicaid, um, you know, uh, health uh uh, practices. Uh, this, this, you know, your organization actually is trying to bring people together, form a uh, common table for collaboration. So this is something that we need more and more of. And uh, you know, as mentioning earlier, there's a trauma situation where, uh, with trauma care, uh, violence prevention is also essential in the maternal sphere because of uh, potential domestic violence, uh, drug abuse, those kinds of things happening. Right. I, I love that. Um you bringing that forward, and I want to dive deeper into that because I think when we often think about moms, we think of you know the pregnant women um, or moms of young children, and we idealize their situation and their circumstances. But what we need to remember as we talk about healthcare for for these women, for these families, is that simply because they're a mom or simply because they're pregnant does not mean that the circumstances surrounding them um, ceases to exist. Um, they're still in neighborhoods where there's high levels of gun violence. They're still in neighborhoods where there's trauma. They're still still victims of domestic violence. Um, and, and that impacts the health care that they receive and the outcomes they receive, and again, moves them from that simple or complicated sphere into a complex situation, even if on the outside, physically, it looks as though they should be a traditional, normal, sort of, quote unquote, easy patient. Can you dive into sort of how trauma impacts the health care of these women and families? Oh, sure. Uh, one of the things is that we have a morbidity um, kind of uh, review committee, but it's, uh, this committee is actually looking at uh, uh, the maternal uh, death rate and that type of thing. Uh, they actually split off and have now a violence prevention piece of it for the state. And what they're looking at is that we have about 73 maternal deaths per year in the state of Illinois since 2008. Wow, so on average. Uh, so on average. But that talks about the death rate, but not the you know, morbidity. So we have mortality, and morbidity is the pain and suffering that surrounds that, which is a much bigger pool of people. Uh, so when we start talking about uh, the violence issue, we start talking about drug abuse as one of the leading causes of death after um, the, the birth, so in the, uh, you know, in the uh, postpartum period mm -hmm. up to one year. Uh, then we have also uh, suicide is an issue. We have gun violence as a, as a problem, and in motor vehicle accidents as well. Oh, yeah. So car seats for the newborns are important, and many times they're being installed incorrectly. Uh, so we, we have a big area that we can actually walk into and start looking at these independent factors 
Uh, and again, it's a complex environment, but how do we solve these problems and, and uh, minimize uh, the risk that women face? Right, and I, I like in two things there, you, you mentioned that I want to pull out further. First and foremost is that when we talk about those 73 um, lives that have been lost, on average per year, it's really the tip of the iceberg because that's yes. just pure mortality. But when you go towards morbidity, you recognize that that you know, is a much larger number. And so sort of beneath the surface of what we often talk about and report are many more families and lives who are, who are impacted. Correct. And then when you look at how do you um, drive solution, rather than looking at this huge challenge, mm-hmm. it's breaking it up to what are driving our challenges. and focusing on sort of root cause and root cause analysis and, and root cause solutions. So motor vehicle accidents are causing are causing deaths for newborns, for moms. How do we ensure um, we've done a lot um, and, and are doing more in Illinois to ensure proper access and then utilization of car seats? So how do we work on then the other areas such as gun violence? How do we talk about in a real meaningful way um, drug use, abuse, and addiction, and ensure that we're funding proper services to treat those. Um, And then, of course, mental health and postpartum depression, and really getting real about something that impacts people, um, more people than I think we often take into account, Um, and and focusing on those in uh, unique, as unique challenges, rather than looking at the whole um, situation, throwing our arms up and getting overwhelmed, and, and really driving forward solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that we don't pay attention to much is that uh, for the years 2017 and 2018, we had um, more than 17,000 uh, homeless children in Chicago public school systems. And having that uh, as, a, as a backdrop, and uh, that means that moms are also out in the street. So how, how are we addressing that? How, as a society... Uh, can we get people back into uh, employed status, get back into homes? And that actually fuels everything that's going on. Uh, so in order to uh, address that issue, we have to take a step back, look at urban and rural environments as well. Um, Southern Illinois has some of the worst statistics that you can see. They, they are uh, equivalent to Mississippi and Alabama with their statistics in a lower one-third of Illinois. So we have to pay attention to the entire population. We have about 14 million people in Illinois right now. And so stepping forward, looking at uh, how these children's lives are going to go, how the mom's lives are going to go, that determines how our uh, culture is going to actually evolve, whether we're going to step forward or we're going to fall down. And so making sure we address the issues that are uh, happening with these uh, women who are facing these issues uh, is going to make all the difference for us. Absolutely. And they're solvable challenges um, when you break them down and look at them and and really discuss the root cause. Um, And I think that you said a few things there that I just want to highlight, and that is oftentimes when we think of challenges um, facing moms or or when we think of trauma, I, I think some of us have a tendency to just think of Chicago um, when we talk about the state of Illinois, but there are circumstances across the state um, that are negatively impacting these moms and negatively impacting the, the health care outcomes um, yes. and, and the overall quality of life that these individuals um, and that these families uh, have. And I think that, you know, you may wonder why are Medicaid health plans talking about how many homeless children there are in Chicago? Well, if you're homeless, 
your healthcare outcomes are obviously decreased. You are not going to be able to manage your diabetes. You're not going to be able to manage your asthma, um, severe allergies. Everything, um, you're more likely to be in the hospital um, for right. a myriad of issues. And so it all ties together. And you can't treat just the healthcare or just the health of a member, you have to treat um, them holistically. And that's why we dive into these issues. That's right. And then the providers who are um, providing the care, the nurses, the doctors, the technicians, the x-ray techs, uh, the people who are actually helping, the sonographers, uh, they actually are a very dedicated group of people. Uh, Many of them are working around the clock to provide these services. So as a society, we actually have to support this initiative and uh, we cannot walk away from it. So, you know, I personally, uh, you know, look at, you know, uh, homeless shelters and say that either I have to give money or my time. <laughs> I have to give one of those two to support, uh, you know, our society because uh, those people are suffering uh, as a result of poverty. Um, and I, I say we say social determinants of health all the time. And one of the terms that I'm coming up with for this uh, project is the social determinants of violence. Mm. And, you know, so what are we looking at? What are the ingredients that lead to uh, the violence within the culture? Right. And so we, we've unpacked a lot so far, but are there any upcoming initiatives that, that are happening, that are going on, that you're excited about, that you want to make sure that our listeners are aware of? Sure. We're, we're going forward. Uh, uh, first, uh, you know, I have to give a talk. <laughs> and this is coming up uh, with the association. Um, and this, this is going to be um, something that I'm really looking forward to. One is going to be on maternal child health. The other one is going to be talking about violence prevention. Uh, so we are actually pushing forward um, and hope to uh, be in a, a deep partnership um, you know, with IHP and, and, and uh, IHP. And so to make sure that um, we are actually looking at uh, what these things are, how can we work as a collaborative across uh, plans and, and uh, really make it, things better for society. Uh, that's really the outcome, is that all of us have the same, pretty much the same kind of goal, is to, to make sure that people are healthy and that people are doing well. So um, I'm hoping that this collaborative um, uh, effort really results in something good. Uh, the trauma care violence prevention thing. Um, I have a couple of professors from when I did my um, Masters of Arts uh, who are like gurus uh, in, in California and then in uh, Washington, D.C. area, and they are excited about this. Uh, they see the potential um, and actually are lending support as well uh, to the construction of the, of the modeling. And so uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we are moving forward in a good direction and I'm more of a, a person who's a half uh, full glass than a half empty glass. <laughs> and uh, so I think we're, we're uh, actually going to make uh, a difference. Uh, you know, if you keep looking down, sometimes you fall off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> but if you, you know, look up, sometimes you can soar like an eagle. And, um, you know, we had some, someone in here earlier saying that uh, eagles fly through storms. Uh, that's what that we right. need to do. <laughs> that's exactly right, especially um, in this day and age. Well, Dr. Arnold, we want to thank you for joining us on uh, Sam Says today. We'll, would you mind coming back in the future and giving us an update on, uh, on your work in the future? Oh, sure. I'd be more than happy. Fantastic. Well, happy. thank you, Dr. Arnold, for joining us. Thank Sam, before we wrap up, anything on the horizon for the association? I know the annual conference is coming up soon. Any updates that you want to share with our listeners? 
Yes, so we are very excited. Um, the Director of Healthcare and Family Services, Teresa Eagleson, will be presenting. Um, as you heard, uh, Dr. Arnold will be speaking. We have a wonderful discussion on the social determinants of healthcare um, and uh, discussions on how uh, trauma-informed healthcare as well, um, and then also best practices that we're seeing across the industry, um, both in the health plan space, but also in the provider space, because this takes all of us in order to improve the healthcare of uh, Illinoisans. Fantastic. And we will definitely be sharing more information about the conference as we get closer. On behalf of Sam and the team at I'm Hip, again, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group. And again, we extend our deepest thanks to Dr. Arnold for joining us for an episode of Sam Says Today. If you like what you've heard, please uh, connect with us on social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or you can also follow us on Podbean. And we will be back to uh, provide more information in the coming weeks. Thank you.